Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the podcast to be named later. I am Noah Hiles. He is Alex Stumpf. And Alex, 60 years and a day since Bill Mazeroski swung on, what was it, a 1-0 pitch? Yep. A 1-0 pitch, hit it over the left center field wall at Forbes Field, and the Pirates won their third World Series crown over a Yankees team that was flat out better than them. But at the end of the day, flags fly forever, and the Pirates, they got the best of the Yankees in that series, thanks to a big home run by Bill Mazeroski. It was celebrated yesterday at PNC Park, and you were there. Can you uh, give us a little insight of what it was like inside the uh, Game 7 gang celebration down on the North Shore? Yeah. Uh, for anyone who – have you ever done the Forbes Field? No, have you? Listen, I have. How I many did times? It, I did it for the 50th anniversary in 2010. I, I skipped a class to go with my dad. Oh, wow. As, as the semester turned out, I probably shouldn't have skipped that class because it ended up dropping me a letter grade. Oh, but, would you only get like a 3.9 that semester? It actually put my scholarship kind of in jeopardy mm. in the grand scheme of things. Okay. I was not a good student that first semester. I, I got it together. I got it back together after that. But um, yeah, it's it, it was similar to if you've ever done the, the listen to at the Forbes field, except they didn't have the player walkthrough like they have in the past sometimes. Um, but yeah, it was 20-odd, 25-ish people hanging around, listening to the game. It's it's fun to hear them, you know, joke around. And, you know, it's like, oh, man, Hal Smith's batting. Why, why are we having Hal Smith hitting this clutch situation right now? You know, little stuff like that. You know, the type of thing that you could say if you – we all know how the game goes. It, it's an absolutely ridiculous baseball game. And, and quite frankly, like one of the greatest ones in baseball history. Like here's my hot take for the podcast, all right? Game 7, 1960, is the more memorable championship game than, like, Super Bowl thirteen for for Pittsburgh. And that one's, like, forever cited as one of the greatest Super Bowls in history. I mean, I think the best Pittsburgh sports championship game is Super Bowl forty three. I, I agree with that, yeah. Yeah, but I would put Game 6, or Game 7 uh, of the World Series in 1960 probably at number 2. I mean, people forget, like, the Yankees shortstop went to the hospital because he took a ground ball off the throat. 
And that was like the D-list story for yes. the day. <laughs> like that was something that happened in Game Seven of a World Series. The man took a ball off the Adam's apple and was taken to the hospital because he couldn't breathe properly. And that was like the seventh thing. Like that was probably on like yeah. the fifth page of the newspaper the next day. That didn't didn't even make the nut graph. Didn't yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's uh... it, it's just a really cool tradition. I mean. For a team that has a lot of history and the Pirates, at times it gets annoying, you know, just celebrating Pirates history because there hasn't been a lot of recent history to celebrate. It's cool that, A, the wall of Forbes Field is still around. A lot of old Mm -hmm. stadiums, those things, they get torn down and they're gone forever and there's nothing but memories left. But to have that outfield wall still in Oakland is really cool. And it's cool that the Pirates – acknowledged and recognized this tradition. They didn't have to do this. You know, they they had employees come in on a day where they probably wouldn't have been at the ballpark to remember something that happened 60 years ago. And it wasn't for a lot of people. They didn't make a dime off of it. Uh, They just had some fans come over and listen to something on the radio. And uh, I'm sure that meant a lot to the fans. And I think it means a lot to the fans that didn't even show up uh, or, or who weren't able to come. On just it's a cool idea recognizing not only one of the more memorable moments in Pirates history, but in all of baseball history. And you know, for the Forbes Wall, like this is Pittsburgh is without a question, without doubt, like one of the best sports towns in America, if not like the premier sports town. Yeah. And it, it gets labeled first as like a hockey and football town. But there are so many, like it, it, they don't have the hockey and football, Penguins and Steelers don't have, it seems like the the monuments i guess it'd be for baseball in the city like we have the forbes field wall still up there's the big mural of clemeni we have a roberto clemeni museum underneath you know the bridge on boulevard of the allies there's that mural of all the famous baseball players you know in pittsburgh history it's it's kind of cool i mean pirates may not be as beloved that's the other two teams at Definitely times. Not. They're kind of third in the city for more times than not. But this is still a baseball town. That That's nice. Yes. Yeah. Uh, just to counterpoint your argument, I mean, there is a statue of Franco Harris as soon as you come in on the airport. And they, okay. have, a, they have the spot of the Immaculate Reception marked on the North you Shore. You could walk past that. You, you can walk, walk past the wall at Forbes Field, too. I mean, they're both, they're very similar, but nonetheless, I'm agreeing with you. It is cool. All the baseball history and it's not just pirates history. That's, that's recognized in Pittsburgh, which is what makes it even cooler with the Homestead Grays and the uh, Pittsburgh Crawfords, all that, all that stuff getting recognized is, is all really neat in my opinion. And uh, Maz is definitely a big part of it. And it's cool that, um, you know, he's still around to talk about it. I, I don't think he was at the event today. Was he? He was not. He was not, but he has been at some of them in the past, but not on Tuesday. Yeah. And uh, this that's a guy that, for all intents and purposes, was not known for what he could do at the plate. And when he probably stepped to the plate in the bottom of the ninth there, everyone was thinking, okay, get a walk, get a single. You know, uh, no one imagined if you were if you were to look at that 1960 lineup, top to bottom, Bill Mazeroski would not have been the one that people would have bet on to hit that home run. And that's also just kind of a reflection on what makes baseball great is that it rarely is the guy you expected to be. Now it has happened where that was the case. I mean, you look at the, the two biggest home runs in pirates history, aside from Maz's Homer, 
They were game seven homers by probably the two two best home run hitters. Well, not two best home run hitters, but two of the top three, four players in franchise history with Clemente hitting the game seven homer in 71 and then Stargell hitting the game seven homer in 79. So it, it can be the guy, but if you just look throughout the history of baseball, I mean, David Freeze was not the guy that everyone expected to win it for the Cardinals in 2011, but he did. Uh, and there's more examples than him. And, and it's just cool that of all people, it ended up being a defensive guy that had the biggest hit in baseball history. Second segment of the show, and as always, and by always, I mean the last two days and hopefully many more days to come, this second segment is brought to you by our good friends at Mike's Beer Bar. Alex, we have a lot of sponsors in this business, uh, but we're lucky to have a good relationship with this one. Other ones, you know, you, re- you, you read the ad read and maybe you get to know them. Maybe it's a bigger corporation. Maybe it's just someone that you can't really interact with, but Mike's is something that's special to both of us. They, they treat us well there. It's a good quality. It's a good location. And it's, it's awesome. I I have nothing but good things to say about Mike's and I'd encourage everyone to check them out. He has nothing else to add to that. So we're going to jump right in to our second segment now where we do, are you okay? Yeah. Okay. I mean, I, I thought that was a good ad read. Good, good job though. Thank you. Thank you. I don't do many things right, but I thought I did that well. Speaking of doing few things well, we're going to discuss pirates who are remembered for one moment in franchise history. Now, to clarify, this doesn't necessarily have to be like Bill Mazeroski, who is known for hitting the most iconic home run in the history of Major League Baseball. This could be known for a bad moment or a funny moment or a moment that didn't even take place on a baseball field or had nothing to do with baseball. We're just going to go do a four-person draft, Alex and I, and we're going to be debating, not debating, but selecting former Pirates, players, or people connected with the franchise even maybe, who are best known for one moment in franchise history. Alex, would you like the first pick or the next two? I'll take the second two. All right. So I will go first. And I'm going to go with a guy who, similar to Maz, had a good career. Not a Hall of Fame-worthy career, but a very good career, but known for one iconic performance. I'm going to go with Doc Ellis, who, if you know anything about Doc Ellis, you know he threw a no-hitter, and uh, allegedly... No. Yeah. He did. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, he threw a no-hitter on LSD, which is pretty freaking awesome. Uh, never did LSD, never threw a no-hitter. I'd imagine both are very difficult. Uh, in combining them, I, it would be very, very, very difficult. So good for him. Great story. Great uh, great documentary on – I think it's still on Netflix, the documentary. I yeah, uh, I don't know if it is. If not, it's, it's not hard to find. Yeah. So, all right, you're on the clock. All right, my my first pick is I I was a little afraid because whenever we were coming up with this, Noah started laughing to himself. So I'm going to take him right now. And so he, this isn't like a third or fourth round steal for him. I'm going to pick Randall Simon, okay. who is known for one thing and one thing only, and that is hitting that poor sausage in the head 
And if you didn't listen to Noah's uh, interview with Jack Wilson, great stuff, on, like the behind the scenes of what happened that day. Yes, that was that was a lot of fun. I, right. I hate to tell you, you've done good work on Memory Lane, but that's my favorite one so far, just for the Randall Simon. Oh, stuff. I mean that's still one of my favorites too. Yeah, yeah. All right, it's all downhill from there. I'm sorry. Okay. And the second one, this is also from about the same era in baseball history, but Rob Makowiak, known for absolutely going ham in a doubleheader on the day his son was born. Uh, I think you looked it up. Like His son's like 14 or 15 at this point now. So he's you know, going to be driving. He has a, a recruitment bit. profile. Yeah, that's what on, it was. On 247 Sports or Rivals or something like that. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah. But yeah, Mac Daddy. I mean, guy who in the city you associate with one thing, and you know what? He was a good ball player. All right. So Rob Makoviak and Randall Simon, you're showing your age there. Yes, I am. Uh, I am gonna go with my second pick. I'm gonna keep it old school. I'm gonna go with Rennie Stennett. I think he went seven for seven. Yep. And he might have been the only player in MLB history to do that. I know he was at the time. I don't know if anyone's ever matched him. We'll have to look that up. But Rennie Stennett is going to be my second pick. Uh, part of I, He was part of the 71 World Series team, I believe, right? Yeah. Okay. So we'll take him off the board. And for my third pick, man, there's a lot. Uh, I'm going to go with John Wayner. Yeah. Uh Known, you know, a defensive guy, but if we're talking iconic pirate home runs, a hometown kid who did not hit a lot of homers throughout his whole career, hitting the final home run in Three River Stadium is a pretty special story. And uh, I'm going to go with John Wayner as my third pick. Two solid picks right there. Okay. Do, do I get one or two here? You get two here. You finish out your draft. All right. I finish out the draft. Well, I'm going to start out. I'm going to say two words. And this person is so iconic for these two words. I'm not going to say anything else to follow it up. Yeah. Yep. Go ahead. Derek Bell. Operation Shutdown. And my fourth, my fourth. Yep. Is not even a player. You didn't even have any positive. No, moments. this is a positive moment. Yeah, okay. Robert Kobiak was a positive moment. Oh, that's true. That's true. I mean, hey, some people don't want kids. I don't know. <laughs> it was a horrible day. Yeah. His childless life ended. He's just taking his anger out on the baseball. Like, you know how expensive this is. Just crushing him. <laughs> but this is in joy. This is a moment of joy. And it's from 2013. The wild card day. Mm-hmm. It's not Russell Martin even though it could be Russell Martin and probably should be Russell Martin. But after the game, someone did something so legendarily stupid. Do you know the person's name? I don't know the person's name. Oh, uh, okay. I, I wish I did. But if the person who jumped into the Allegheny is, is listening to this, it can verify that you were the person who jumped from the Clemeny Bridge into the Allegheny. We want you on the podcast. We uh, yes, one thousand percent. We want you on. the This podcast. is an open invitation. If you mm-hmm. know the if you know the guy, like let's mm-hmm. go. Yes, one thousand percent. I'm all in on that. So, uh, jumper is uh, your yes. fourth and final selection. Um, I have some. 
I have some honorable mentions here. Uh, Gift and GoPay. Yeah. Would be an honorable mention. Uh, if we're going to go with non-Pirates players related to this, uh, Kevin Koch is someone uh, that's infamously known uh, as the former Pirate Parrot who had some legal <laughs> issues in 1985. Okay. We could put him on this list. Uh, but instead, I'm going to end my draft with um, – I have three really cool moments. I'm going to uh, highlight a guy who – Brought me so much joy when I was probably like seven, eight years old, watching him just absolutely lose his damn mind. And at the height of his blowups, he stole a base, quite literally. Lloyd <laughs> McClendon is going to round out my draft. Uh, just an absolute legend. Uh, so, Alex, looking back at our drafts, I have Doc Ellis, Rennie Stennett, John Wader, Lloyd McClendon. You have Randall Simon, Rob Makoviak, Derek Bell, and the man who jumped off of the Clemente Bridge. I, I think I think won about, this draft. This is a good draft. This is our best draft so far. This is a really good one. Let us know who won. Go ahead and give us a, a holler on social media. Comment on the site. We love reading your comments. Especially We're- if you have information on the jumper. I threw that – like that popped into my head as I was doing that little spiel right there. I didn't have that prepared. But, no, I really, really want – yeah, that uh, might end up being an article at some point. Oh, for sure. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's he didn't get hurt or anything. No, that was the that was the legendary part about it. He just got <laughs> everyone saw it. It's like, what the hell are you doing? And he's like, no, I'm good, guys. I'm good. That's insane. Were you were you at the game? I was not at the game. I didn't go to any of the wild card games. Yeah. I Did went, you? No, I was I was in college. I I was in Ohio. Yeah. Just you know. I mean, Ohio's not that far away. Yeah, I know. I didn't have a car, and I was also pledging a frat during that time. So, like, yeah, I was kind of hiding you know, while I was watching <laughs> these games. Be Fair. sure to follow us on social media. Leave a comment if you have any content ideas, or if you can get us in con- uh, in contact with the jumper. We'd love to have him on the show, or anything else you want to hear us talk about as this baseball season wraps up and comes to a close here. Hit that subscribe all button if you haven't already and leave us a comment on the podcast platform in which you so choose to listen to us. Thanks for tuning in. We will talk to you more tomorrow.